Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. So none of us are about to agree. One person's Bret Hart versus Steve Austin is another's kennel from hell, but there does seem to be a similar feeling on what hit and what didn't when it comes to titles being defended at WrestleMania. Therefore, I, Simon from What Culture, have extracted opinion from anyone I could to present to you the 10 worst WrestleMania title matches ever. Number 10, Yokozuna versus Lex Luger at WrestleMania 10. This match ended the Lex Luger WWF experiment, so it is quite historical, things considered. If Vince McMahon had pushed forward with it, Luger would have won the world title here, but the plan hadn't worked and everybody knew it. Who could have ever pondered a situation where a roaming bus tour didn't click? The real shame was that the match itself wasn't all that entertaining. There was no reason for that either, given that Yoko had smashed it with Bret Hart and The Undertaker, and if there was ever a man who could pull out a performance when you least expected it, it was Lex Luger. The pair even had an alright fight at SummerSlam the prior August, so given this was in Madison Square Garden and had Mr. Perfect as the referee, the bells and whistles seemed to be in place to ensure that at worst this was average, but no. It was hurt massively in the sense the crowd had just seen Owen Hart defeat brother Brett in one of the best Mania openers ever, so when Zunes and Lex were exchanging rest holds for 15 minutes, everyone just lost all their energy. Lucas failed push was also an issue, and by the time Perfect screwed Lex by DQing him, I think most were happy to just move on to whatever was next. Number 9, Psycho Sid versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 13. After Shawn Michaels had decided he needed to go and find his smile that he'd lost somewhere, plans for WrestleMania 13 had to shift. It meant the expected Bret Hart HBK rematch was shelved, and in its place we went back to the formula that had made the WWF such a powerhouse in the 80s, big guys. It all ended very nicely too as the dead man closed the show with the belt above his head, but once more they weren't dealt the nicest hand. The Chicago audience had spent themselves going crazy for Stone Cold vs. the Hitman in one of the best matches ever, and as the Nation of Domination vs. the Legion of Doom with Ahmed Johnson was in a street fight, well, the fans were exhausted. It was a pity too, as this was one of Sid's best runs. Ever since returning to the promotion in 1996, he had been a surprise hit with the crowd, so much that he was cheered into this position at the top of the card. He had also beaten the likes of Brett and Michaels, so he was easy to buy as a threat. We don't need to sell the plaudits of The Undertaker, we all know the deal. Somewhat cruelly though, the word that summed this clash up best is what the heartbreak kid used while he was doing color commentary. He described Sid as luggage, and that sums it up. Most of the noise was reserved for the hitman getting involved throughout, which we all forget now, before the dead man tombstone the psychotic one for the gold. It is certainly not a classic. Number 8, Edge vs. Chris Jericho at WrestleMania 26. This one is a little unfair, I admit, as the match is very watchable and very good for what it is. 
The problem was who was in it and the sheer expectations that were thrown towards it. People were only ever going to have accepted a classic. It was also during a time where Edge was still trying to find his way as a good guy, which meant the crowd wasn't as into him as they likely needed to be, and the story did have some holes you could pick away at. It was built on the fact the pair had won the tag team titles the previous July before Edge had gotten injured. This was then the coming to blows between two former friends, but they were only a team for a month. Wasn't like it was a major deal. Still, the rated R superstar took umbrage with the fact Jericho moved right onto the big show and probably didn't like the fact that Chris kept describing him as weak. I mean, why would he? It took another hit quite literally when Jericho won after smacking Edge in the head with the world heavyweight title, so everyone in the building felt quite flat. The ultimate opportunist had made his surprise return at the Royal Rumble for his way to Mania and lost. No wonder they didn't really care. Number 7. Daniel Bryan vs. Sheamus at WrestleMania 28 It was always going to be in this list, and it was exactly what nobody wanted. Daniel Bryan had become everyone's favorite bad guy when he had won the world title at December's TLC pay-per-view. AJ Lee and the Yes Man were just insufferable in the right way, and a one-on-one with Sheamus on the grounded stage of them all sounded great. They could open the show, prove how good they both were. There was no way to screw this up. Yeah, right. Instead, after Brian had shared an intimate moment with AJ, he turned around, got bro kicked right in the face, and with 18 seconds had not only lost, but was no longer a champion. Fans erupted as this was exactly what they did not want to see, and it was so poorly received as we know, it turned Daniel into a bigger superstar than anyone could have imagined. It was still really bad, though. I don't get what WWE thought was going to happen. Number 6. Bret Hart vs. Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 12 So I wouldn't have put this match in my list, but as said, when opened up to a wider audience, you quickly learn that the Iron Man match at WrestleMania 12 is one of the most divisive in WWE history. You can get opinions all over the place that range from scientific masterclass to a little bit boring. You cannot fault the work from both guys who prove how great they are for over 60 minutes, but that's the problem. It's over an hour long with zero pinfalls for that amount of time, so it was always going to rub some up the wrong way, even if choosing to do this was kind of a nice idea. I will admit it does suffer with age, as so many others have come along and smashed this stipulation with a crazy amount of excitement to boot, and you have to figure a reason for the 0-0 when the buzzer rang came down to politics. Sean didn't like Brett, Brett didn't like Sean, maybe neither could stomach letting the other one win, which is why we went the direction we did. It is a very weird one then, and the truth of the matter is that it's always gonna be. Number 5, Triple H vs Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 32 I mean, it was just too long, and Roman wasn't being used how Roman should have been used, and my word do we know that now. This was a powder keg of a story not coming together at all, and resulted in a very lackluster main event. You also had the case of reverse roles. We're all aware that WWE wasn't going to budge on how they were presenting Roman Reigns, but even though Triple H was meant to be the heel champion, he was doing cool shib every week, so naturally the fans started to cheer him like he was the hero. It was also around this time where the audience felt like the big dog was being forced down their throat, and they made this loud and clear as Mania 32 came to a close. It didn't help that this was the second time of trying at the show of shows after Seth Rollins had stolen the WWE title the year before, and even Stephanie McMahon getting murked by a spear didn't grab the audience, they'd already made up their minds. So instead, they chanted for Shinsuke Nakamura, Enzo Amore, and even NXT, and I would bet my house, this is not what management was aiming for. Even if I'm wrong, however, I read my house, so apologies to my landlord. Number 4, Triple H vs Chris Jericho at WrestleMania 18 A case of screwing up the running order this was. Surely everyone must have known that Hulk Hogan vs The Rock was going to do gangbusters, and yet with the sanctity of the WWE Championship hanging in the air, the Great One and the Hulkster went on early with Triple H and Jericho headlining. It 
just did not work. For starters, the fans had ruined themselves by screaming for every single second of Hulkamania running wild, so by the time they had to summon up more noise for one more match, they decided they weren't that fussed. No matter what the game or Y2J did, it was not going to click. Another occasion where the build also didn't help is Jericho, who was the champion, had been treated like an afterthought. If we had simply allowed Hunter to win the title and then thrown Rock and Hogan out there to do their thing, the memories of Mania 18 would have been utterly different. I suppose, though, that's the power of hindsight. Number 3. Triple H vs Randy Orton at WrestleMania 25 This isn't doing much for my Triple H fandom, which I often wear on my sleeve, but hey, he has had a lot of matches at WrestleMania. The main eyebrow-raising confusion when he took on Randy Orton for the WWE title at Mania 25 is why they actually wrestled this was a blood feud. As such, before we got here, Orton had handcuffed Trips to a rope and kissed his unconscious wife, punted Vince McMahon in the head, assaulted Triple H on a weekly basis, leading to the game breaking into his house and trying to kill him. The last thing anyone wanted to see was them locking up and wrestling, but for some reason that's what they did. It was so odd. We'd even made another terrible faux pas by adding a stipulation that if Triple H got DQ'd, he would have to give up the title, so any kind of expectations for violence were done. And do not forget this was following Shawn Michaels vs. Undertaker Part 1 of the HBK Retirement Series, and much like Hogan vs. Rock, all of this came together to just kick the main event right in the teeth. Number 2. Hulk Hogan vs. Yokozuna at WrestleMania 9 I suppose the modern-day equivalent to this would be cashing in the Money in the Bank briefcase, but at least that makes sense. At Mania 9, Hulk Hogan had just decided he should be the champion, so he turned up after the main event, demanded a shot, for some reason got it, and was then the champion again in 20 seconds. It really sucked. Apparently only out there to protest the fact that Bret Hart had lost to Yokozuna after Mr. Fuji threw garbage in his face, that soon became a secret second main event, with the leg being dropped almost instantly. And sure, on the night fans went nuts because it was just so unexpected, but within weeks it was clear this was an error and that going back to what had worked before wasn't what the crowd wanted. It saw Hulk pass the title back to Yokozuna at the King of the Ring, even though the whole point of this was to build to Hogan vs. Hart at SummerSlam, and as we now know, under the WWF banner, we never had that match. It remains a bugbear of the hitman to this day. Number 1. Triple H vs Booker T at WrestleMania 19 Given that wrestling is a story-based business, you gotta make sure you give the fans the right ending. Not only so they feel satisfied, but also to get the right sense of morals out there to teach people right from wrong. WWE forgot this in 2003. At the time, Booker T was on fire making anything work, including a crazy pairing with Goldust. And for the first time, everyone was well aware of what an effective good guy he could be. Throughout 2002, he just flew up the card, meaning the only right choice the following year was to put him in the world title scene. We went further than that as well and lined him up as Triple H's WrestleMania opponent, and that's where things took a turn. As the two faced off, it became clear we were going to lean on the racial side of things, with lines such as, People like you don't win world titles. Ric Flair even offered Booker a job of carrying his bags. It was truly tasteless and not what we ever need in wrestling, but the only saving grace would have been Booker T kicking the game's ass all over the place and winning the championship. It would have sent the audience home happy and reminded everyone that acting and talking this way does not pay. You're gonna get yours, but that's not what we did. Instead, one pedigree put Booker down for so long it took Triple H more than 20 seconds before he made the cover, and still, the former Harlem Heat member couldn't kick out. This was just completely backwards and once more to this day, I don't get it. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.